Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Time to look at some stories from other parts of the world. Jonathan de Burke Butler joins us once again. Afternoon, sure, Jonathan. Uh, right, Canada uh, we're going to uh, go to first. And uh, this is a very strange story about suicide kits being sent. Yeah, this is, I suppose, a bit more on this ongoing saga involving 57-year-old Kenneth Law, um, which kicked off in May of this year when he was arrested over... Uh, connections with two deaths in Ontario, okay? So um, basically what this guy is alleged to have done is uh, set up websites uh, back in early 2020. And through those websites, he sold what are being called suicide kits. Now, effectively, they were just packages of chemicals, uh, which new sources actually aren't naming. Uh, they're, they're saying that they're deciding not to give the, the name of the, these particular substances that he was sending out. And they were, he was charging between 50 and $60 a pack. And he'd marketed to people who were not in the right space, shall we say. Yes. You know, yeah. who were vulnerable yeah. to these kind of things. And when he was originally arrested in May, there was just these two cases, but they've since gone up to 12 cases in Ontario alone. Uh, the two cities in Saskatchewan are looking at two deaths as well, as are Calgary and British Columbia is now looking at six deaths. All right. So this is the first time now that uh, authorities in Quebec, uh, specifically in Montreal, are investigating suicide kits that have been posted to these people. And it comes off the back of an investigation launched in the UK, would you believe, last month by the National Crime Agency there. And they're investigating 88 deaths in Britain that they believe might be connected to this guy and his internet service, for want of a better way of putting uh, it. So, if he, so presumably then he was sending them, or one could infer from them, perhaps he was sending them all over the world, Absolutely. maybe even here? Absolutely. It's believed that they've been sent here. It looks as if 40 countries in total have launched investigations into this now or are thinking about launching investigations and uh, we believe that about 1,200 packages have been sent out across the world. So this guy could be in big, big trouble now. Is uh, Whether or not he's going to be you know, tried and convicted in all of these different countries, mm. that's obviously not going to happen. But, I mean, if, it, if all of the cases and the investigations against him are brought together in Canada, I mean, you're already looking at dozens of deaths that he's connected to. And the law states in Canada that anyone who counsels or abets a person to die by suicide can be sent to prison for 14 years. I suspect he might get a lot more than that if it's proven that he uh, he's guilty of these Right. Charges. So so, but, so, just in Canada alone, are, are they still at the point where they're just guessing how many he sent out? So they are, I believe. I think police in Ontario believe that 160 packages were mailed by law to Canadian addresses, but they've cautioned that they're not sure if that's the exact... Figure. I know that in the UK, they suspect that it's somewhere around 270 packages. So the rest of them are, you know, in, in other countries, New Zealand, Italy, places like that, I believe. Yeah. So the, the, the thing, the key thing here is going to be that, you know, he denies the charges, right? And he says that the chemicals that he sent out can be sold and can be used for other purposes, not only for suicide, right? So the key thing here is going to be communication yes. and the evidence that's gathered between him and his customers, for want of a better way of putting it. Uh, victims, let's call them victims. Um, so uh, obviously, that's that's going to make a huge make up a huge part of the prosecution's uh, case. Yeah, and and the uh, well, how did people come to buy? You know, did he have a 
website called randomchemicals.com. It, it, it was very or, simple. I, I believe he, he set up a, a, quite a few websites. This is a guy who was in bankruptcy, I believe, got himself into difficulty. He used to be a chef in a five-star hotel in Toronto, uh, found himself in, in, in difficulty financially, set up these sites, obviously had some inside track as to how these chemicals used, mm. managed to market this, these websites to people who were vulnerable. I don't know how he did that specifically. Yeah, It'll all come out in the, in the case, I'm sure. And um, they got in touch with him and he was able to post these packages out. Okay, so I suppose that will be uh, part of the story. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. Brazil. Uh, we're going to go to next, and uh, <laughs> uh, kind of odd parallels every day, nearly between Brazil and the United States. But here's someone who who has uh, been sentenced to prison for uh, storming the capital or government building. Yes, yeah. indeed. This was in uh, it was in Brasilia specifically, and this is a man by the name of Aécio Pereira, who's a 51 year old who had filmed himself at the Senate president's table during the riots wearing a T-shirt marked with the words military intervention. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no he, genius then. <laughs> not exactly. And while, uh, while, while he was filming himself, he was urging fellow supporters of Jair Bolsonaro uh, to take to the streets. Now, this is, of course, because Bolsonaro, who lost the elections to Lula yeah. in October of last year, decided that the elections weren't free and fair, mainly because he didn't win. Mm. And it's, you know, people are trying to figure out, did he incite this violence that took place in January in Brasilia? Now, this man is going to go to jail for 17 years. Wow. 17 years for being silly, <laughs> let's yes. say. Um, and he's one of 232 cases uh, that the Supreme Court are actually investigating or are, 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 are going through, they're going through trials at the moment, sorry, um, prosecuting. Uh, and, and so we'll, we'll see if more prosecutions come from it. But yeah. I mean, it's not a great start. He's uh, the first person to, to be sentenced to. Uh, and was there any, I mean, there was a big, quite a large group of people, uh, as you say, have, yeah, uh, have been charged. But uh, like, was was he armed or anything of that nature? Or I, was just kind I of general? I don't think, I don't think he, I don't think he was armed. I think what he's going to, what he's gone down for is, uh, is incitement in this case. Now, there were yeah. other people who were, who were armed uh, and who did ransack several buildings in Brasilia, the Senate, the Presidential Palace and the High Court. And there was other groups that were waiting outside military bases dotted around Brazil at the time because they were waiting for the sign, shall we say. Yes. Because they fully yeah. thought that there was going to be, the military were going to come in because the military were allegedly such fans of Bolsonaro. But it never happened. And Bolsonaro himself, unlike Trump, who was in Washington at the time of the Capitol riots, was actually in Florida. So Bolsonaro yes. was in Florida. Made sure he was out of the country while the uh, while these, extradition yeah, exactly. needs. Yeah. Uh, right. Mali we're going to go to now and uh, uh, no Independence Day uh, there because they're having their difficulties. Yeah, that was supposed to take place on Friday, this Friday, September the 22nd and they've decided that they are going to cancel the planned festivities there and I suppose... Uh, they were looking at it and saying it's a, it would be a, at best insensitive and at worst a security headache for them because there are has been an, uh, an increase in problems that they've been having, particularly in the north of the country where there's been ongoing problems since 2012. So there's two things happening here. The Tuareg separatists that are up in the north, mm. near Tim, Timbuktu, they're kind of an Arabic group of nomads there who've never really seen eye to eye with the main government uh, yeah. in, in southern Mali. They have uh, resurrected their insurrection there. They're looking for a separate state. They're not particularly well organised. They tend to, 
you know, go on these attacks and then they they sort of fall away. Yeah. Um, but a more persistent problem is uh, jihad, jihadists that are operating in the north of the country. They kind of came in in 2012 and filled a vacuum that, that was left uh, when the two other parties were at war with each other. And they've been kind of consistent uh, in their attacks across across the country on civilians and the like. Um, so last week, those jihadists launched an attack on a civilian boat in the Niger River. They killed dozens of people. It was one of the biggest attacks in a couple of months, it has to be said. Uh, and so the Mali government, who are a military junta and who had come in and got rid of the civilian government, basically saying, we're going to sort these mm. ruffians out, shall we say, um, aren't doing particularly well. Yeah. So it doesn't look good for them to be celebrating Independence Day when the country is... In, in chaos, chaos. Uh, yeah, and yeah. so they've decided to uh, they've decided to cancel these celebrations. Uh, and, and there are Wagner troops there, is that correct? These were one of the first places where there was Wagner groups outside of Syria. They've been there since about 2020, and this was something that the French, who had been a major part of the peacekeeping operation there, had flagged with the Mali government. They said, "Look, we we don't really like the way that there's Wagner troops, or we mm. suspect that there's Wagner troops operating there." And the junta said, oh, well, this isn't happening. There just happened to be, you know, specialist Russian forces who are training our troops. Right. The French weren't okay. convinced. And then the, the Mali junta basically have turned around to the French and, as you well know, have kicked them out. Yeah. Um, so that has caused problems there. Um, but you're right to say there's about a thousand Wagner troops there and they are n- seem to be causing more problems than helping at the moment. Uh, with the situation, mm. it's certainly not going well for the for the military junta. Anyway, back in uh, back in France now, people will know what shrinkflation is. But anyone who doesn't, like you know, you used to have twelve biscuits uh, in a packet and you'd pay two euro for it. Now you get ten biscuits in a packet uh, for the two euro, and that's called shrinkflation. And a supermarket is warning about this. That's extraordinary. Yeah, they are. This is the French supermarket Carrefour. I think it's the second biggest grocer in the country. And anybody who's been through France will know them. You see yeah, them absolutely. as you're driving around yeah. the, the motorways or whatever. Uh, very good and always well stocked. But they've identified 26 products that they believe have shrunk without a price reduction to match. They've named a few, Lipton Iced Tea, Lint Chocolate and Vianetta. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm horrified to say I would never want to see Vianetta, be su- its name be sullied. But um, they're saying that these companies have, have reduced the amount of the product and they haven't reduced the prices at the same time. And they are putting stickers on shelves this week warning their customers that this is happening. They're specifically saying this product has been has seen its volume slash weight fall and the effective price charged by the supplier rise. So what's actually going on here is they're basically saying, right, all of this problem with inflation, we can't take the blame for this, mm. the supermarkets. It's the manufacturers who are more to blame, or at least these 26, and we are going to highlight that. Right, very interesting okay. Tactic. Uh, it's a very interesting tactic because I assume uh, no more than uh, no more than here, there's a certain amount of pressure on supermarket chains, particularly about oh, huge prices. Amounts. Of yeah, things. huge amounts. I, I think it was actually well covered that back in June, the French finance minister Bruno Le Maire he summoned 75 retailers and consumer groups to a meeting about prices, mm. and there was a big kerfuffle about it. And I, I, I have a feeling that was covered on Pat Kenny or one of the programs. Yeah. But anyway, um, uh, that's what they did. So, so. I suppose they're trying to, you know, uh, deflect uh, yeah, responsibility. That. Yeah, that's a yeah, as you say, a very interesting tactic. Uh, right, uh, Spain. We're going to go to uh, finally, and uh, they're going to allow people to take pictures of Garnica, the painting, uh, not the place. Uh, yeah, 
Why did they ban it in the first place, I wonder? I think they banned it in the first place. If it's similar to the Sistine Chapel, I'm going off on a massive tangent here, but if it's similar to the Sistine Chapel in Rome, it's because rights issues, right? And the Sistine okay. Chapel in Rome is because a Japanese TV company paid for the rights there and they don't want other people to take okay. pictures of it. So I assume it was a similar idea here, mm. but I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. I have now, to be honest okay, with you. But I mean, anyway, they didn't Some years it. ago, I did see Guernica. Yeah, and you, then, I was going to ask you, did yeah, you go? Yeah. Uh, and and uh, then I bought a fridge magnet. So uh, you can just do that. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, you could, you could indeed. Um, and I remember when I went there a good few years ago, there's huge amounts of people and it's in a very big room which is quite well lit mm. and there's custodians there screaming at you because human beings are always going to take Wonder photos up. anyway, yeah. yeah? And there's there's custodians screaming at you not to take photos. So they were quite militant about it and it made the whole viewing uh, of the picture quite uncomfortable in yes, ways. And yeah. it's huge and it is an absolute masterpiece. I mean, there's mm. no doubt about it. It's a, it's a great piece. So now they've decided, right, we're going to allow people to actually come in and take photos. And the hope they're doing that because they hope that there won't be such a huge congregation of people in front of the, uh, in front of the painting. They're hoping that people will just come in and go, selfie, I've done, and tick that particular box and they'll move on into the next room yeah. so that they'll get a, a quicker flow of people through the room and there won't be, as I said, so many people gathered around it. Uh, simple as that, and they brought yeah. that. It's it's it was the ban was in place for thirty years. My uh, word, would you believe? And uh, they said that they or they started, they lifted the ban earlier this month, and so they've started that new policy. Yeah. I don't know if that'll work. Well, even to take a because uh, Guernica is huge, mass, as you know, yeah, it's, it's twelve it's like, feet by it's twelve feet tall and twenty six feet wide. Sorry yeah. to interrupt you. So, uh, so taking a, a selfie with that, <laughs> yeah. you know, because you know your big head is in the front of it, and that's kind of way in the background. Yeah. So, I don't know if people take a selfie of themselves as a depiction of a massacre. That's uh, the other side of it as well. Yeah. I did think of that. It's it's slightly tasteless, yeah, uh, or it would be, but but you know. I, People do. Yeah. Oh, people do. Yeah. Even worse things than that. It's true. Right. So what should we look out for over the next week or so? Okay. 30th of September, uh, elections in Slovakia. Uh, They Mm, were called, uh, they were called um, quite quickly. Uh, Snap elections was the word I was looking for. Sorry, Sean. And uh, the UN Uh, General Assembly. leaning kind of uh, towards Russia a there, bit more there, now, there is yeah. a discussion around that all yeah. right yeah there is a discussion about that or that would be something to watch at least and um, the UN General Assembly is ongoing as you know that'll be ending on the 30th of September as well and now until October the 3rd Oktoberfest in Munich so okay. if you can't get your tickets for the World <laughs> Cup maybe that's a good alternative uh, except you won't remember having been there Jonathan thanks for being as ever Jonathan DeBarca Butler there you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. with Anna Glaze on News Talk.